Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I've got a fantastic guest for you today, but real quick before we get to them, I have to tell you about Certified Piedmontese because this is a brand I am so excited about. In fact, I will never forget the first time I had Certified Piedmontese. The crown jewel of my initial visit to Casa Bovina was a beautiful rib cap that was so lean and tender, it was almost silky in texture. The moment that beef hit my taste buds, I was hooked. These animals are raised all natural on a network of family ranches across the Midwest, so Certified Piedmontese is able to cut out the middleman and buy directly from the source. And while I highly encourage you to check out Casa Bovina, you can savor this beef at home, too. Whether you order off Piedmontese.com or by calling one 800 414-3487, your purchase will be shipped directly to your front door. Plus, when you use my discount code HOPPEN, H-O-P-P-E-N, you get 25% off your order. How can you beat that? So what are you waiting for? Get some steaks, burgers, bacon, or other meats and experience the certified Piedmontese difference for yourself today. And now, to my guest. Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I'm your host, Dan Hoppin, and I'm really excited. I'm not bringing you a new guest today. This is actually the fourth time that I've had these guys on the show. But every time, it just it comes with a different milestone. They keep making moves. They keep making me have them back on because they just keep advancing in the restaurant world. And they're just fun guys, so it's fun to have them on. But the first time, two years ago... These two guys were still working at Kitchen Table and doing pop-ups on the side. A couple months later, they were officially opening their own concept, Dirty Birds, at, uh, at the Switch uh, Beer and Food Hall. Then in November of 2021, I had them on, and we talked about how they had secured their location, uh, their first standalone location in the historic Flatiron Building. So, of course, now that they've been established in that building their own standalone restaurant for a couple months i had to have dan whalen and moses mosley back on the show and we've got cassie jacobs with us making her podcast debut today Hello. the crew at dirty birds guys welcome to the show thank you thank you very much yeah. happy to be here so i want to talk a lot today about the Flatiron space itself and how you go about making a restaurant your own and putting your own spin on it, putting your own flair on it, kind of making it feel like home. But I feel like we have to start with the food and that all starts with chicken with you guys. Cause I'm just, everyone should have listened to the previous interviews that I've had with you guys, but just in case they haven't dirty birds is the go-to fried chicken spot in Omaha, especially if you want a chicken sandwich, it's about as tall as your head. There's a line on your website that I think really defines the ethos of the restaurant. You guys say, fried chicken is the great bond we offer. When we think of the friends we've made throughout our lives, two things are usually common threads, a great meal and a great vibe. Fried chicken is our way to cultivate those bonds in one of the most historic places in Omaha. I absolutely love those couple sentences but I'd love to hear you guys expound on that a little bit more. Just break that down for me. Like, how does that sentiment define Dirty Birds? Yeah, I mean, okay, so we are the, we are the guys who kind of came up a little bit, you know, through the industry. We were line cooks. We did, you know, you said at the beginning, we were at the kitchen table. The first podcast, you were cutting into our fishing time. You know, we were, <laughs> yeah, we were just doing, you know, the pop-ups and fishing all the time. But, uh, you know, we've evolved so much. And now... You know, again, being those guys, and I talk about it a little bit on the website too, just 
we, we went all around the city. We enjoyed your bar too much. We enjoyed your restaurant too much. You know, we went, we went everywhere in the city. We were the, you know, get out, get out of work, go, go enjoy a bar too much, which is great. And uh, so when we developed and we had the opportunities and we kept, you know, doing our thing, one common thing, you know, just we wanted to offer that to people. We wanted to be the new place to offer that. A great bond with some great food, you know, and, and friends. So our whole place was really developed around that, the open seating, the, the communal seating, the homemade picnic tables, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that, that those are definitely Moses' words. Uh, came through, and everyone, I just love having everyone in the space and sharing our food and company with others. Are there any specific memories that you guys have that kind of play into that um, that description? Can you can you think back and like imagine times just sitting around a picnic table with fried chicken with beer and just what is it about those times that made you go? This is what I want in a restaurant. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it. I think we'll start with where that is exactly what you said. Sitting around, we didn't have fried chicken, but we definitely had plenty of fernet and tequila. And that was at Page Turner's Bar. That's where we developed the idea. We, you know. It's our favorite go-to after we got done working all day, you know, cooking great food at, you know, kitchen table or wherever we were doing stuff. That was our, you know, our end-of-day release, and we lived right across the street, so it worked out. And, again, that was a picnic table outside. It was a shared common space. You know, we met a lot of people. It's where a lot of our first word of mouth came from. It was just a lot of people seeing us doing what we were doing. Uh, it, it was really cool, and that's, that. you know, that's a picnic table with a bunch of friends hanging out, a bunch of – those libations going on, but uh, we've done it. We've had fried chicken parties before in the past. Just done a bunch of fried chicken for everybody. One time we got a chance to go kill our own chickens at Big Muddy Farm. Oh, yeah, and uh, that was really one of the first times we went back to the kitchen table and we cooked that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was intense. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it sounds like yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I called my mom. I was like, I I don't know if I'm supposed to have fun doing this, but I'm having a blast. <laughs> yeah. Did you have that sensation when, like, you cut off their head and then they're still alive for however many seconds? Or uh, We used a killing cone. Okay, so, it was, so it's different. They kind of went to sleep a little bit and okay. hang upside down. and It was pretty cool, but you had to do the whole process. You had to kill it. You had to, you know, boil it, defeather it, do all the whole thing. It was it was a lot of fun. There was a – it's funny. I actually have, like, a, a time-lapse video of us doing it. It's pretty gruesome, but I have the video. It was fun. Yeah, without without maybe going into too much of the gory details, I'm, I imagine that gives you a greater appreciation oh, for the yeah. product when you understand the work. Well, not only the work that goes into you know creating the product that you receive when you get it, but also just that yeah, these things are living creatures. Yes. They're, they're not just yeah. chicken breasts and thighs and wings that arrive, but they, they were raised by someone. It was, what for was that experience like for you guys? That's out there, there's a thigh. And a drum. <laughs> right. That's, they all, yeah. They all come in twos. 100%. Yeah, it's weird touching meat that's still, like, warm. <laughs> that's that's yeah, kind yeah, of that a strange is, yeah. feeling because usually ice cold. Um, but, yeah, that was an incredible experience for sure. I, I feel like there are experiences you have to have to be, like, a chef, you know. You really should. You should get a chance to go see where they make wine. You should get a chance to go to see where they make beer. You know, kill your own chicken or, you know, to in Georgia, I, I had a chance to go to a pig slaughter. That was, that was intense. <laughs> it smelled. 
<laughs> yeah. Yep. But, uh, you know, just certain experiences. And we had the opportunity in Omaha, which is the coolest thing ever. We did it, you know, over on Cal- or California Street. It wasn't even, like, on a farm. It was, like, in the middle of Midtown. And it was great. Okay. Sounds intense. Yeah, it was great. Uh, so I am really, really fascinated to get into your background here because I think it's going to be really interesting. But before we do that, I want to give a quick shout-out to one of my awesome sponsors, and that is Lone Tree Foods. How, dear listener, would you like to order the same ingredients that chefs are using at your favorite restaurants? That's exactly what Lone Tree Foods allows you to do. Nebraska's local food distributor is where many restaurants get their produce, meats, mushrooms, oils, and more. It connects small farms and food producers to restaurants, stores, schools, and you. That's right. All these awesome ingredients are available to you. I had never used microgreens in any of my cooking before encountering Lone Tree Foods, but now my wife and I have been incorporating this spicy mix of greens from Robinette Farms, and it just takes a pop of flavor, brings things right to the next level. I highly encourage you to check this place out. Visit LoneTreeFoods.com to start purchasing restaurant-quality ingredients and upping your cooking game today. And now, back to my guest. All right, so you guys have been selling chicken professionally for a little over two years now. When you think back to the first time that you got to unleash your product to the public at Dandelion Pop-Up, how do you think your your chicken has changed the most since then? How's it grown? That's a good question. Yeah, I mean, there's so many. There's really a lot of facets when yeah. you dig into it. So many little nuances that have changed the course of our food for sure. Single any one of them out to do do a injustice to the others, you know. And you can go all of it. You can go to purchasing. You can go to costing. You can go to production, yeah. to prep, to utilization. There's there's so many different facets of where we've grown. Just again, we were the guys on the line, man. We were, two years ago, we were, you know, just just cooking the food. Have but where we worked and the opportunities we had at kitchen tables to really just see how food's made from scratch across the board. We brought that with us. Um, but again, we weren't into those things. The purchase, it was just buy and go. Like we were, we're learning here. We're just trying to get our product on somebody's plate. Buy, go, buy, go. Don't worry about, you know, not trying to make money. We're not trying to, you know, just buy and go. Now it's this, you know, it's a, it's a blueprint. Every chicken has a blueprint. It's the purchasing, the sourcing, the manipulation, the prepping of it, whether what specific product it is. Because we do it all in-house. We break it all down. Everything's cut a certain way because it's, we again we've tried and true our recipe and that's how it needs to be cut now. So, man, it's just so many things across the board, and then the new space, you know, storing it, rotation, uh, really a lot of stuff we've had to learn. Are you guys still tinkering with the recipe at all, or do you feel like you have it pretty honed in at this point? I think our fried chicken's pretty nailed. You don't really mess with that. Down, yeah. 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 Uh, we changed our achiote process, which I think we finally nailed that. Like, that is – it's a cool sandwich. It's the achiote. Uh, same marinade. But, all the same flavors are there. Mm-hmm. It just makes it a lot easier. The execution's different. Yeah. The bread's a little different. It's it's a different sandwich, but – I really like the pressed bread. Uh-huh. I think that's that's an improvement. Using the Cuban bread other mm-hmm. than – instead of a brioche bun. We do it pressed now, so we used to just grill it and kind of serve it like our fried chicken – now it's a process of marinating, chopping, and then, you know, we serve it with cabbage. It's like a Cuban and a torta 
messed around and they kind of made Good their own God. sound. Come exactly, on, yeah. Man. So now we press it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a real gym. You gotta try that yeah, one. It's incredible. Yeah, I haven't had it. As if I need another reason to come back. Jeez. Right. right? That, that <laughs> sounds yeah, that sounds fantastic. But something I, I need to ask you guys about and I think is just so interesting. What I are think I know what you're about to ask too. Okay, what uh, am I going to ask? Did, is it the chicken and pancakes? I'm getting there. Oh, no, okay. That's okay. not what Sorry. I'm asking Sorry. yet. All right, all right. But I, I am going to get there. Okay. Something, I can't believe I've had you guys on this show so many times. I've never asked you this before is, I would say you guys are known for two things. One is the quality of the fried chicken. And you just bite into that chicken. You can hear the audible crunch. But yet there's still like, the chicken is still so juicy and moist on the inside, which is just such a hard thing to perfect. But the number two thing you guys are known for is having just the size of the sandwich. These things are just massive. They don't look like they should even be able to be consumed. You, I mean, to even have a chance at tackling it, you got to, like, smash it down and unhinge your jaw and mm-hmm. get into it. What are some of the... What are some of your favorite expressions or some of your favorite moments when you've seen that plate go down in front of someone and just seen the look on their face like... What did I just order, and how the hell do I eat it? <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a common expression. Um, what else we got? Uh, I mean, I, I love the empty plate at the end. I love the wow at first, and then it's like, no. How am I going to eat just, all this? And then and I just then smashed gone. it all. I just ate it all. Like, <laughs> yeah. And again, that goes back to our cut. You know, the, the way we cut our chicken. Like, we do it on purpose, and it's, you know, just to get that even cooking out of it, just... Stay juicy, as you say, you know, keep that crisp breading. It's a, it's a specific cut, the way we do it. But, uh, yeah, I love the amazement, but I love the empty plate at the end. Mm-hmm. That's, that's mm-hmm. my favorite part of it. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's one of those plates of food that, yeah, when it arrives in front of you, you just look at it and you're like, okay, there's no way I'm finishing this. Right. And then you just keep eating it and you keep eating it because it's so delicious. And then all of a sudden you look down and you're like, it's gone. I have two bites left. Of course I'm finishing it now. But, but it, it's just, it's amazing how your brain just gets so focused on the flavor, you don't think about how full you are right? until, and you, until you stand up from the table and can't walk. Yeah, and going back to, like, the recipe and the talking about the nuances of the chicken, you know, that's a big part of our pickle. Our pickles are very sharp. Like, they're very... They're incredible. Your, your jaw is going to get a little water, you know, that little, like... Uh, a little tingle, yeah. right? Yeah, here. and we do that on purpose to, to pair with that chicken, you know. You're going to cut through the fat, it's sharp. It's going to really help along with that chicken, so... Our pickles are very purposeful as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always about that first pickle of the day, the first one you eat, and how it hurts almost. You know, <laughs> it just kind of wakes you up a little bit. Yeah. Uh huh. So you guys are obviously known most for your fried chicken, and that's primarily what you served in the switch. But since you've moved into the flat iron, you've gotten a chance to expand the menu a little bit, and you you include catfish. You have the sweet tea tenders, which were a special at the switch, but not on the menu all the time. You got salads. You've got chicken and pancakes, which we are going yeah, to we'll get into a little bit more in a minute. <laughs> we have to, but. I just first want to talk about just like how did this new space allow you to expand the menu? And as you're kind of thinking about the next iteration of Dirty Birds and, hey, we're in this new building, you know, what if we did more than just chicken? What what was that like discussion like between you guys? How do we decide what we're adding to the menu? Yeah, I think it, it was a conversation we had to have going into that. We wanted to feed not just a few people where it was like at the switch where people can pick and choose from things that they want to eat, but we wanted to be able to feed everyone. And 
offer as many things as we could. Uh, the Switch offered us kind of like a, a beta setting of sorts where we could try different specials, figured out what we liked, what worked, and what the customer liked as well. So. Yeah, that's a great way to put it, yeah. And our third pants don't go missing anymore because we're sharing a kitchen with a bunch of people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, no, that's that's exactly it. And we knew what we wanted to bring with us. We knew some of the specials that we were like, oh, this is, this is a gem. We knew some stuff we wanted to do. Uh, and we're still always tinkering and developing, you know. And yeah. Now, you guys are still doing specials, to be clear. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. I highly encourage anyone listening, follow these guys on Instagram and Facebook because they're always posting new stuff that they're working on, and it never looks bad. I'll just put it that way. It's fun, yeah. We have Sometimes you need that little outlet, too. So and we get, you know, some good stuff in to do these specials with, so that's a lot of fun. Okay, we've arrived at the time. Yeah. Chicken and pancakes. Most people do chicken and waffles. That's the common thing. You guys, obviously, chicken and pancakes is different. But this isn't just pancakes. These pancakes are studded with blackberries and brie cheese and served with a sassafras syrup. It all sounds wild. I remember first seeing it on the website, and I was just like, there's a lot going on here, and I don't know if it all plays together. But then you get that chicken, you get a little bit of that cheese, the tartness from the berry, the the little, like, root beery sassafras from the syrup it's just like i don't know how to put it into words but it's such a wild dish i need to know the origin story like how did this thing come together yeah uh so we definitely wanted to serve it iteration or like you know a variation of chicken and waffles or chicken and waffles we talked a lot about it uh one of our first things we wanted to do when we went, moved over was buy a waffle iron do we were talking about a buckwheat waffle and try that out but uh, so the blackberry brie pancakes, I worked at a brunch place in Sacramento for a few years, like in between tours, we went, I went to Sacramento and it was our number, number one seller, the, the chef there, his name is John Finnegan. I didn't think of him, but uh, it was in Sacramento and he, he, he crushed it. Like we used to serve so many of these things and it's, you know, a very specific process of how you place the trees and the berries and what you use for it. But then fried chicken, you know, that's, that's our career now. We we sell fried chicken. So I thought, you know, let's try this one out. And then the sassafras syrup, that was Cassie over here. That was a chance buy at Baker's. Tried yeah. it and was like, whoa. That's we, and we used to put in our watermelon pickles too. Mm-hmm. Like our watermelon pickles used to have this yeah. breath of root beer to them. Yeah, which was really it's nice. a really subtle. You can just add a little bit and you get that little, you can't quite put your finger on it sort of right. thing. Uh-huh. It's like Dr. Pepper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a little bit. Our, our chicken and pancakes is like the Dr. Pepper of chicken mm-hmm. and waffles. It's great. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of a culmination of a lot of different things, I guess. And it came out great. Well, it is a delicious dish. You can order it any time of day. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, it's a brunch thing, but you can order it for dinner. Don't feel weird ordering pancakes for dinner. You can order it at 1.58 a.m. on a Friday night and get it. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. You, yeah. you guys are open until 2 a.m. on Friday and Saturday nights. Yeah. It, we were discussing this a little bit off the mics. Like, I when I first saw that you guys were open so late, part of me was like, that's great. Like, there are not a lot of places, especially in downtown Omaha, that are open as the bars are closing and kind of give people the opportunity to go out late night or maybe even the service industry people when they're getting off work to go out. But at the same time, I was thinking to myself – 
are there that many people in Omaha who, who would even do that? But clearly it's been a success for you guys. What was behind the decision to stay open so late? Downtown Omaha needed a place to eat it late night, and we were kind of feel like the first ones-ish. There's a couple others, but nothing I would want to go eat, you know. So I knew we had food or we have food that people like to eat and just want to serve it as as long as we can today what's the response been like if if people gravitated to it have they figured it out that hey there is a spot that's open when the bars are closing down i would say yes yeah uh we're we're there almost till three o'clock on those nights just because we have to clean up after people that come through uh yeah, we've had to but, kick tables out. Yeah, they, the response has been great for sure. It's really cool, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I guess the decision was just made on our product. Like, we have a, a product that just goes so well with that night crew. Yes, it does. Yeah, a lot, yeah. Of, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of shows getting out too, you know. Uh, so it's been really good. It's, it's kind of mind-boggling, to be honest. And it's something we, we didn't plan it going into that. Going in, you know, months ago when we first signed, we weren't going to be like, oh, let's stay open until 2 a.m. <laughs> but kind of we made that decision kind of closer to opening. We we thought, the, you know, downtown needed a spot like that, right there especially. You know, you have to go a little away from us to get, find another spot. But, like, right there, yeah. yeah the only thing crazier than staying open until 2 and 3 a.m. on the weekends is turning around and doing brunch right after it and i know most cooks hate brunch because like you just you get your butt kicked on a friday and a saturday night those are the busiest nights of the week and then you got to turn around and do brunch on a saturday and a sunday it's just like nope not doing that no interest in it you guys have embraced it yes why like why did you want to offer brunch yeah well we at first we were gonna open at nine but we realized we can't do it that early it's just too quick of a turnaround but uh, we, we have kind of some rules for our brunch, too. We don't, we don't answer the phone, you know, and we don't do to-goes. And the reason is, and the reason why we, we love cooking brunch. Like, yeah. it, it's one of our favorite meals to cook, even in the past. We love doing it. Yeah, it sucks being all tired and stuff. But, like, it's kind of, you know, we get to go off the path a little bit. We get to do, you know, five or six really great things that we've been wanting to do all week that, you know, necessarily you can't put into production during a really busy week. And uh, we get some great product. It's fun. It's a little bit of a release for us. That's why we put those rules in place. You got to come see us. Like we're getting up for you, doing this quick turnaround. You got to come hang out with us. And now with our new selection of alcohol too, and kind of alluding back to the late night, uh, we've also paired our food with a great selection of like uh, you know cocktails, wine, and beer. We've had a, our first chance to pair wines with our food. You know something we want to do since the get. We wanted to do that since the very beginning. But, you know, we were a pop-up, and then we were in a food hall, which has its own bar. So we never got to do that, and we've evolved to a place to doing that, and I think we're doing a great job. we got some great alcohol, and we pair it with our food really nicely. So that's, that's so much fun. That's so, it's a whole new thing for us as well, and it's a lot of fun. And our brunch, again, goes to that as well. We make the smoked onion Bloody Mary. That's our house Bloody Mary. Uh, we do some great drinks. We brought some really great wines in for it as well. You guys are really, really excited about that wine so program. Excited. That's something I can see it in your face yeah. as you're talking about it right now. We're talking off the mics. It was one of the first things that you brought up. Mm -hmm. How long have you been wanting to do this? Since the, since the very beginning, I can say that. Since before we even did the pop-up, it was kind of like 
when we thought of Dirty Birds, it wasn't just going to be fried chicken. It was going to be fried chicken and funky wines. Like, that was the very first thought we were going to talk, we were going to do. We weren't afforded that opportunity just because, you know, you got to start off. You got to get going. And it, it takes a lot to get a liquor license and to open a restaurant. It takes a whole lot. But uh, here we are. And that's kind of like a, it's kind of like our gift. Like, we made it that far to be able to do that, you know. You earned it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think that's a perfect segue into talking about the new space is some of those opportunities that you've been afforded. So I want to I wanna go back a little bit to the process of finding the Flatiron. And we talked about this a little bit on the last episode, but it, for people who maybe have forgotten or haven't listened to that one, just I, w- I want to get into like how you guys found the building and, and what about it spoke to you. But first, just you guys are killing it at the switch. It becomes clear that you guys have a product that is in high demand. People are willing to seek it out and pay for it. Start thinking, okay, we can open our own place. Where do you even start? Like, prospective restaurant owners, where do you start looking? I think the Flatiron was at the top of the list from the get-go, but it was always a joke. Like, (laughs) yeah, the Mm Flatiron. Like, and you guys looked at a couple, and Mm -hmm. just, holy shit, it's in the budget. (laughs) <laughs> and, and it's like yep we're doing it so i mean was that one of the first places you guys toured yeah, mm, uh, yeah. i took remember well no no remember the very like a year before that even the millwork or whatever the i think that was yeah probably around the same time oh uh, yeah and we looked at a couple other empty spaces but again like cassie said it was kind of like no way this is a joke. Like, it might just be, you know, not, no not a chance. No way that's in our budget. Yeah, not a chance. Not even just budget. Like, there's no way they're even going to rent it to us. Like, come on. Look yeah. But there it was. Yeah. Yeah, we were just presented a listing of, like, six or seven different spaces up for rent, and that that was one of them. And, uh, pretty, pretty crazy. Pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. I think we told our... The, our realtor at the time too when we first started looking we were like we were looking for like an old fire station or an old gas station that we told them that was the parameters kind of look for that but you know those are kind of hard to come by I guess mm-hmm. you know, gas stations have a big old gas tank in them we don't want that around the food but uh, yeah and then again it's kind of a joke I couldn't believe it was on the list to be honest well I yeah I mean you guys talk about how you know you, you joked about it and I, and I see why because Opening Dirty Birds in that building is like such a hard pivot mm-hmm. from what it used to be. I mean, this is a historic building. It, it opened in 1914, and then the, the Flatiron Cafe opened in the mid-'90s, I want to say uh, 1995, and it became like uh, one of Omaha's favorite like upscale dining places. It was like you go to dinner at the Flatiron, and then you go see a show at the Orpheum, or you go to a concert, or maybe you know that's date night. You stay downtown, something like that. To go from that, which closed uh, during COVID, I believe, to like a, a fried chicken joint that just has so much personality and exuberance like you guys have. I mean, was was there any like thought of, man, this is going to be an adjustment for people? You know, not a, maybe not at our end. I don't know that we considered that. You no, know, and I knew right <laughs> off. No, trust me, I knew right off the get, especially like doing all the social medias. Like I knew we were going to get a little little flack for it like people were gonna you know people have their set ideas people met in that place they got married mm-hmm. yep, from yep, that the place Flatiron Cafe you know? was there for a long time people got married well established you know and I'll, 
I, I'm going to circle back to that point in a minute, but like, you know, going into it, changing it, but people a lot of times and often get confused, fine dining with the only good food out there. Like they're the only guys who put the craft into it. They're the only guys, you know, that is not the case. Like, you know, I would consider ours fine dining a hundred percent of the day. You Hot know, chicken. Hey, we, we pair wines with it too. Damn it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. there you go. I'm just going to throw that out there. But uh, let's circle back to, like, you got married there. We've actually had our first couple who met at Dirty Birds took their photo shoot for their engagement. So there's what? T- now people are starting mar- getting met up and married at Dirty Birds. <laughs> we're hitching folks, too, now. So there's that. The, the old heads, that's for you. You know, we're going to hitch folks, too, all right? They're going to meet there. They're going to fall in love just like they did the flat air, and they're going to do it in Dirty Birds. And they're going to lady and tramp over and over. They're going to have great wines available to them and craft food, you know? They're gonna have, they'll be covered. I swear for the, for the soul of the flat iron is we'll still make there. It memorable. Yes, I think you made a great point there, Moses. That I I want to talk about a little bit, and, and I'll correct myself on this because I'm the one who referred to the flat iron as fine dining. And I think when most people hear that term, they think of okay, it's I'm gonna sit down, white tablecloth, probably gonna be more of an expensive dinner, but but it's gonna be really nice. You know, when you think fine dining, you're not thinking sandwiches or fried chicken or whatever. But I think you make a good point in that you guys, the uh, Colin and Jess at Kitchen Table, the folks at Block 16, just as much thought and preparation and energy, effort, everything is being put into the food at establishments like that that would be defined as casual dining. Maybe it's casual for the person sitting down because they're wearing jeans instead of, you know, a blazer. But you guys are putting in just as much thought and just as much work into it does the term fine dining like do we have that wrong maybe not you know it it i understand it it fits a mold too and uh i guess i don't know it's hard to talk i just get sometimes especially you know again i do the social media sometimes that stuff gets to you when people kind of say like oh the fine dining like we're just putting we're putting just as much craft into it and effort i don't think we're getting wrong i get it but you know i went to culinary school too I know sometimes what French food is and I know or what you want to call that side of it. And, you know, we take just as much care, preparation, thought. I, you know, <laughs> yes. You know, I'm not tornaying carrots. I'm going to tell you that. But I'm getting some good product <laughs> and yeah. all that. You know, I know where to buy tornay carrots. So you know, I'm just saying they did, probably did that too. I'm just throwing it out there. But I went to culinary school too. I understand the French style cooking and the duck breast and doing all that kind of stuff. But we put just as much care and thought. Yeah, you know, put some little sour. No, it's, it's all good. I, I think that you make an important distinction there, and, and it's important to point out that you don't have to go to a fancy restaurant and get six courses to have it be a meal that right. is it's memorable. Yeah, that is memorable, yeah. that is crafted, that has chef's handiwork behind it. So, no, I, I appreciate you. Yeah, and, and with fried chicken, too, we, we, we could be the fancy place for everyday man, too. You know, like, it is... You know, it's not, it's not, it's good product. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we're going to get a lot of couples meeting there too. I'm going to put that mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. A lot of love is going to happen at the Flatiron. I love that. Yeah. Maybe some weddings. Wedding. Who, who knows? Let's go. Me and my wife got married right across the street in Magnolia. So, you know, it's definitely, it's great. There was a wedding at Night Owl a couple months ago. That's, that's a bar. That's cool. I mean, th- there that's you go so right cool. there. That's so cool. You get somebody to meet there, take their engagement photos, come back and get hitched. Do it all in one place. Me and my wife met at Night Owl over there, Crab Rangoon. Seriously? Yes, yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
it, everything's just coming together on this podcast. Yeah. Bunch of love now. Bunch of love. Oh, yeah. It's all about the love. Yeah. So getting back to finding the flat iron, you know, you guys talked about it was just kind of like a kind of a pipe dream, kind of a joke at first. But then it was like, oh, maybe this is actually attainable. Let's go check this out. And we talked about this a little bit on the last episode, but as you're as you're walking through there, obviously it's very different from like an old fire station or an old gas station like you were talking mm-hmm. about. So it's not the vibe that you had originally pictured in your mind. So what was it about touring that space where you were just like, wait a second, this is it. Like, this is our spot. Yeah, first, I, I don't know. I think those first couple steps you make in there... Uh, just remembering how much of an institution it was and what, what we brought to the table. Uh, and, like, how cool is that building? That's going right? to take your breath away, wh- whether it, it's in shambles or it looks as good as it does now. Um, Just a no-brainer. I, yeah. Like, what? I, I yes. don't know about you guys, but, like, I didn't even tour it, and I was like, yes. Yeah. 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 We could, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What what makes you say that? Just the history? Just the the history. The I mean, you don't have to have dined at the Flatiron necessarily to appreciate like the the beauty and the ambiance, the history. Um, you know, it was. Yeah, we're gonna make it ours if we can. Like, there you go. Yeah, that's a good but. Mm-hmm. So something that I think is interesting is when you and this is not to diminish the amount of work you guys put in at the switch but when you're at the switch a lot of the details are taken care of for you like there's only so much kitchen design you can do most of that is just set in place like you yes you had to decorate your individual stall but when you have your own restaurant you make all the decisions like the type Mm, of flooring the equipment you're going to have in the kitchen the silverware are we going to serve things on trays are we going to serve them on plate like every little last detail is suddenly like down to you guys and that decision what was that adjustment like for you (laughs) a lot of it was kind of already there so we the flat iron all their Plates, silverware. Yeah, that's one part you we just wanted. stuck with it. We wanted yeah. to keep it. We wanted we, to use we loved it. it. I yeah. loved that. quite a bit of it, I, and it was all really nice. And I don't think, I mean, those plates like fit our chicken. Those plates were, they're being used wrong all those years. Let's right. throw that out there. Yeah, yeah. now now they're being used for what they should have been. That's <laughs> those are old plates. They're beautiful. Yeah, so, I mean, that was kind of covered. But Dan's being a little modest there. Like, opening this restaurant, Dan was our general contractor. We don't have, we didn't have a GC. Like, we tried to do everything. Dan did everything. So, yeah, those floors, I mean, we had an architect do the best design in the world, and that was, I mean, they killed it. They designed it, but Dan put together the whole everything. Uh, yeah, put a great team together. A lot of a lot of people came together to make this happen. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was a long 10 months. Uh, it was very cool transformation for sure. Yeah, tearing up the carpet was fun though. That was a that was one of the first things we did there when we got in was get this big old carpet tear up machine thing, <laughs> and we tore it up. It is pretty wild. It's fun, <laughs> but the whole place is different. Like the, I mean, it's got the same bones, but every we we changed everything just to make it us. There was a lot of like stuff hidden and going for granted there. Like those windows up top were just mm-hmm. all blacked off and. I mean, we opened it wide up. So much light in. 
Yeah. So nice. Mm-hmm. So. Well, we're also doing lunch service, so that really helps. Yeah. And then, you know, and yeah. we're really good at working around, like, what we have and making what we have work. The equipment is from the Flatiron, by the way. All the equipment in there <laughs> okay. is. Okay. So it's that old. Us. I'm just saying, yeah, it's that old. But uh, it works all great. It's all. Not old, classy. Mm-hmm. Very, there you go. Seasoned. There you go. It's Thank veteran you. equipment. Thank it you. has been like tried that. and true. Yes. <laughs> and everything works great. We brought, our, we brought our fryers along with us. So that was the addition to the kitchen. Uh, Richard from El Rey Pond gave us a table. So, because we didn't have a table in the front. I think that happened like a couple days right before open. We were like, nope. uh-oh, we don't yep. have a prep table. <laughs> Richard, <laughs> give us a prep table. <laughs> Yeah, he gave us prep table. We drove it all the way in Honda's or Dan's oh, Honda yeah. CRV all yeah. the way from Bellevue. Yeah, I took 13th Street, so it was yeah. nice and slow. Uh, but uh, no, all the tables. I mean, I think we talked about it a little bit on the last one, but you know, the benches were handmade by Dan's dad. Uh, yeah, my dad built them all in the basement. Um, they came out crazy. Contoured cool. custom tables for things. us. You know, we have a list of all the people that really helped us along who Dan worked with to get the place on our website. The uh, contributors to the Dream tab, if you check it out. Mm-hmm. That's uh, cool. We tried to list everybody who had a hand in doing it. You know, Fox Flooring did all those floors. They're beautiful. Those are it's one of the coolest floors in Omaha. Let's throw that out there. I'll agree with that. It's cool. Mm-hmm. It is super cool. When I when I showed my wife the pictures of going there, that was the first thing she noticed. Even over all the food, yeah. the first thing, and she's an architect, so like she she looks for stuff like that, and she's like, "That floor is beautiful." Yeah, it's like, oh, okay, first thing. Yeah. So you've been uh, validated by her by one person. I love least. it. Yeah. Take it. The stainless steel bar, the the facade on the front that they did with it, incredible. Uh, the stained glass, yeah, <laughs> lots stained of glass. Easter eggs. Very, yeah, very cool. And we wanted to kind of make it that way. We wanted to cut everybody. Like, if you walk around our space, you're gonna, you know, hopefully notice these little tiny things. Like, wow, that's somebody made that. That's cool. Um, you were talking about decorating the switch. Uh, if nobody was familiar, we decorated with butcher paper and sharpies, and I think we did an amazing job of it. Sure. So yeah. going into the new spot, we didn't want to waste that. We saved all of our butcher paper drawings and art, and we wheat pasted it on the canvas. So if you go in the restaurant, there's a wall of all of our old switch art that we immortalized. It's forever now. It's all on canvas. So that's, that was one thing we really wanted to do, too, coming over. Hey there, listeners. We'll get back to my guest in a minute, but I got to remind you one more time about certified Piedmontese. Did you know that just 1% of all cattle raised in the U.S. is Piedmontese? Or that this red meat is so healthy that it's similar in micronutrients to Atlantic salmon and chicken breast? Rare, healthy, and most importantly, delicious. That's a trio that just can't be beat. I'm so confident that you'll get hooked on certified Piedmontese beef like I did that I want to help you try it. When you visit Piedmontese.com and use my promo code HOPPEN, that's my last name, H-O-P-P-E-N, you'll receive 25% off your order. That's 25% off steaks, burgers, brats, sausages, and even bacon. Yeah, I said it. Beef bacon. It'll change your life. Use my promo code to score a great deal and experience why certified Piedmontese is such a big deal today. And now, back to my guest. What are some other ways that you guys kind of brought your personality to life in the design of the restaurant? Because I, you have such a unique atmosphere like you have this kind of like laid back 
devil may care type of thing, like welcome everyone. But then at the same time, there is like a level of professionalism because you guys, you don't slack on anything. Like everything comes out consistent. You are making all your own stuff. Like it's scratch made. It's really amazing. So how do you bring kind of that atmosphere alive in a building? I think we found some great people that listen with the architects that put together that space or had that idea of like uh, putting like our words into a visual concept. The great bond we offer is fried chicken, man. Mm -hmm. People, they know that about us first, then we can go from there, you know? And that's, Mm -hmm. I want to say that for not only people who helped build it, just everybody works for us. Like they came back to me. A lot of people that worked for us at the Switch came back with us and followed us over, even with the month of closure. So that means uh, the world to us. You know mm-hmm. that. Uh, you know, Cassie here, if anybody's familiar, she scratch makes all that stuff so the rest of us can execute it and put it on your plate. But uh, Cassie's a secret MVP. It's, yeah. yeah. I'm the elastic that holds the pants up. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That yeah. is a tremendous line. That's, that's, the, that's the line. That's the real. Captain Jacobs. <laughs> yeah. But... Uh, no, that's that's it too. I mean, bringing it alive is an evolution. Like, we're bringing it alive as we go. We're gonna keep finding these. You know, scratches are starting to appear on the walls, and it's like you hate it, but at the same time, it's like there's our scratch. Like that's gonna be it there. Gives that's, character. That's mm-hmm. ours now. Uh-huh. Like this is ours. It's lived in. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it was like a new pair of shoes when we first opened. We were like, oh no, oh my god, oh my god. Yeah. And now it's like, well, there's a scuff. Okay, well, just make sure it's sanitized, I guess. But there's yeah. also like that feeling too. Oh, that scuff is from that time when uh-huh. you know. Oh, I remember we, when we dropped that thing? Exactly. Yeah, it it does make it feel more lived in, and yeah. it kind of gives a little bit more personality to the space. We broke that big glass water pitcher, but it was one of our busiest nights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the process of moving over. So you guys, I want to. It was last fall slash winter is when you secured the location. You knew you were going to be moving into the flat iron. But I think the plan originally was to stay in the switch, have two locations. I'm not sure how that evolved, but as you were kind of planning out the whole flat iron process, these, these switch, it switched management. Um, and basically we don't need to get into the details of that, but everybody basically had like a month to, to close up and, and move out before this new concept moved in and started doing their thing. What was that like for you guys? Because I'm assuming you did you open at the Flatiron before you had originally planned to. Like, did did, did that closure of the switch move your timeline up at all? Um, we opened as soon as we could. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We had plans of opening way, way, way before that. You know, but January. Jan- yeah, <laughs> but plans don't often go. You know, and there was a lot of work that had to be done, and we did it. So you know, just. Like, the Switch was our springboard. Let's leave it at that, really. Like, it was really good. Um, as far as pushing up our timeline, no, I think we opened the minute we could. Mm-hmm. Like, the, without going into too much details of the building, we had, a lot of, we had a lot of internal construction to do on the building. And uh, it was all very timely. It was a time during, you know, COVID was still, at, you know, doing its thing. You know, supply chain was out of whack everything was getting you know i mean wait for one thing to get done right the other. Uh, a lot of crews around the city were just really busy with a lot of work so yeah man we opened the minute we could mm-hmm. <laughs> like we didn't even wait we opened like on tuesday like i made an instagram post i think the minute yeah. we were open just hey we're open 
<laughs> by the way. Yep. So what was that? What was that first day like? Why busy and hot and really hot. Very hot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lots of friends and family because mm-hmm. they were the only ones who really knew. Right. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> that was fun. But it was a great opening week. I mean, the week it itself was. just was amazing. It was great to be able to carry over that experience from the Switch. You know, we threw ourselves a few new curveballs with new menu items, but I'm so glad we had that experience under our belt. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we knew what it take, took. Like, we know, we understood. Now that 2 a.m., we didn't know that right off the get. Mm-hmm. That was a little rough, but we, I think we've conditioned our bodies now to handle that pretty well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm so glad we had that experience just to – I mean, we stepped in in a lot of places and we were able to just start banging. Like, not a lot of thought involved. Like, we know how to cut this. We know how to produce this. Yeah, so. once we set up the kitchen, it was like falling back into it. Yeah. How, like, what, what type of adjustments did you have to make to the kitchen to reshuffle things to make them as efficient as it could be for your processes opposed to what they were doing at the Flatiron Cafe? I don't think it changed too terribly much, the structure, because there's still a right. the line, there's still a little prep table. Yeah. Uh, it's a pretty small kitchen. Yeah, it's not. So. It's, it's bigger than what we had, but it's still not the biggest kitchen in the world. It's cozy. Uh, we have our own walk-in, which is great. That's a big game changer for us, having our own walk-in. Um, we kind of, I mean, we kind of just tucked ourselves into where the flat iron had everything. They had mm-hmm. a big steam table, which we got rid of. That was really one piece of equipment we got rid of was a huge steam table that they had that we just really didn't have a use for. Uh, but other than that, we, you know, s- some of our new procedures on our menus are, as, you know, to fit inside that space. Uh, it's a great kitchen. It's, and, yeah. now, and now we're hitting our stride even more. Now we're hitting a stride to where it's like we know, you know, we, we know, you know, rotation, how, how much we should make of this, how much we should make of that. Yep. How um, much I need to keep in my cooler, mm-hmm. how much I can keep downstairs, back up. So, again, you know, part of even grabbing the new wine is because we've had a little bit of time. Like, we've been able to, like, okay, we got in here. We, we're finally doing it, we're, you know. And so now we have a second to look at it and be like, hey, what do you feel like doing? <laughs> Getting badass wine? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Moses, I, I was going back and watching a, an interview that you guys did with a TV station a couple months ago, I think it was. And you had a quote um, in that, in that broadcast, you said, when we opened the restaurant, we had all these ideas, of course. We wanted to do this, and we wanted to do that. But our heart belonged to chicken, so we made it really simple. We made a place for the community to come out to eat fried chicken and cold beer and have this great vibe. What were some of those other ideas that you guys had in your heads that maybe got left on the cutting room floor? And why was it so important to you that hey, we've got all, all these grand schemes, but no, we have to keep it simple. You know, I'm... Um, chicken coop. Chicken coop. Chicken coop. Yeah, chicken coop. Uh, we were going to extend the building to where we had a to-go window, basically. Like, uh, you know, we, when we came into Flatiron 2, and it kind of goes back to the other thing, we're going to be an anchor for this new neighborhood down there. Now, like, there's a lot of new development going on all, all over the city, as we know, but, you know, there's there's supposed to be a lot happening, and... Hopefully this neighborhood's getting a little bit more vibe going on. So we're going to be this anchor. So we really wanted this outside, like, we wanted to go window here. We wanted to be really lively. We wanted seating outside, you know, outside of our railings to be on the other side. And, you know, you got to cut some of that sometimes. Uh, it's a lot, man. Like, 
again, they were like, oh, it's going to be like, you know, 30 grand for a garage door basically right here. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> Scratch the garage door. Yeah, all right, that's fine. Uh, but I guess then we, you know, internalized, we refocused back and, you know, just, just like anything, just any project you're going to do, sometimes you, gotta, you just have to consolidate. And, you know, we looked at each other like, well, what do we want from this space? Like, what do we start with? What do we do? You know, we just want a common space for people to enjoy fried chicken and cold beer. And then everything will take on a life of itself. Stuff, roots will be planted, and we can grow from there. You know, you always want it to be perfect right off the bat. You want it to, to go this way. You want this kind of line to form right here. It doesn't always happen that way. But, you know, we adjust, and, you know, we are flexible. Something that sticks with us, you know, we had a great friend tell us, just be flexible. And we're like, yeah, but, no. <laughs> I guess you got to be flexible. You know, that's why we grill stuff now. We grill, you know, we don't just, it doesn't all come out of a fryer. We grill stuff now. But, uh, yeah, you got to be flexible and just consolidate. Uh, but a lot of our dreams did happen. A lot of the stuff, we, <laughs> you know, yeah. a lot of what we did want to happen happened. So that's pretty good. You know, again, we wanted to serve the wines. We wanted to have great pairings, great. And, yeah, it happened. So that's really great. Cassie, I'm interested to get your perspective on this because these two guys, they've been in it since the very beginning. This was their dream going back years and years. They did the pop-ups. Um, when you came on the team, and obviously you've become an integral part of this as well, what what was it about these guys or this concept, whatever it was, what drew you to Dirty Birds? Yeah, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it all goes back to when I stopped Dan's wrist from bleeding. Oh, yeah. And really. That's not the like, answer I expected. No, I mean, we all met at kitchen table. Um, okay. I think I was the first one to work there. Dan started about a year and a half later. And then another, you know, then Moses came in and we all got, we all worked there for a while together. And we know how we work. We know how it just clicked um so covid happened i was working with an, in a different kitchen with a different friend of ours and uh covid lost our jobs and eventually it was like hey dan and moses are starting up dirty birds uh you know they want you and i was like okay i'll be right there let me get my vaccine <laughs> and yeah. uh, the rest is history yeah you were definitely one of my mentors at kitchen table I think you taught me how to break down a chicken. Uh-huh. Make pasta. Pasta. We yeah. met when you were wearing that shirt. No shit. Yeah, because I, I I said quirk. I was like, hey, what's up, quirk? Aw. And we Star trekked out for a second. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Huge Trek nerd. <laughs> yeah. Both of us. Yeah. Everything's coming back around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess there, it was just a no-brainer, kind of like the space, the flat iron. When, uh, when I, you know, I found out that they wanted me to come on, I was like, all right, yeah. We, we knew Cassie's talents. We knew how bad, and we needed it. How bad we yeah, needed I knew they knew what yeah. I could do and what I could bring to the table, and they weren't going to ask me for, you know, oh, well, we need you to fill in on brunch shift and, like, mm-hmm. Keep it concise. Yes. Uh-huh. I am here yeah. to do the elastic bits. And really, <laughs> and, that, and that's why we're so, you know, that's why we're so successful. Uh, and so consistent. Our consistency is really key to who we are. Yeah. yeah. I make sure of that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, as we wind down here, I've got to get just a question in about the future because so much of Dirty Birds has just been growth, growth, growth. It's we're, mm-hmm. we're a pop-up, and now we're in the switch, and now we're in the Flatiron. You guys are like in – I'm not going to – 
put words in your mouth, but it seems like your dream space. Like when you look at the future of Dirty Birds, is there thoughts of what's next? Or is it just kind of like you said, Moses, is it just be flexible and just wait for the next opportunity or wait to see what comes? I don't think we're in the game of waiting, unfortunately. It hasn't been our MO before, so I don't know. I don't Are we care. about to announce you got four more locations yeah, opening yeah, yeah, yeah. in six states? Yeah, you know, I'd, I'd lie if it's not conversations we have, but, you know, granted, in the middle of a rush, we're feeling good, like, let's go open 10 of these. <laughs> uh, no, you always have those, and, you know, it's always a pipe dream till it isn't. I mean, that's really just how the way we've looked at it the whole time. There's always a why not us and why couldn't we, and we've stepped up to the plate every time. You know, it's not about always knocking it out of the park right off. It's just about making it to the plate every time. Like, we're always there. You're always going to see us there. Our availability is unquestioned and unmatched, I promise. And uh, it's our baby. I want to say, yeah, we're going to sit here and chill. Nah. But, no, <laughs> I mean, no, not at all, really. Yeah. You know, and we've had, you know, obscure conversations. It's like, where do you go from here? Like, you know, do you <laughs> – one thing we kept – you know, I kept talking about really annoyingly was, you know, do we go up? Do we – we start buying chicken farms. Vertical integration. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> do we start buying chicken farms? You know, do we go that way? Do we, uh, or do we find, you know, what we're talking about initially? Like, do we find a, an old rundown gas station somewhere or an old rundown firehouse in the next city and be like, this is, this will be not, we don't know. You know, right now, especially like we're so honed in on this one and we're still putting our roots down, but you know, <laughs> don't bet on that from us, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Well, it has just been so fun from the outside, from a diner's perspective, to watch you guys grow. I can only imagine, like, you guys being on the inside, seeing every little step of it. Just, I can't even just think about what it would be like to go back and just think about every step of that maturation. But I imagine that's a really rewarding process. So uh, we're out of time today, but we'll have more time to talk about that next time. It'll probably be about six months before I have you guys on again. If we stay on this same schedule, you yeah, guys we'll just be, keep doing cool things. Uh, whatever record's out there, we'll break it. So uh, all right. Yeah. Sounds good. Moses, Dan, and Cassie, thank you so much for coming on the show again today. You guys are awesome. Anyone, if you haven't been to Dirty Birds, first, what the heck are you doing? Get down there. But if you went to the Switch and had it, I mean, go check out the new space. Not only is it just a really cool space with an awesome floor, mm -hmm. but there are new dishes. There's that Echiote, uh grilled chicken sandwich, which it's different than it was before, apparently, which I need to go get now. There's the chicken and pancakes. There's brunch. There's catfish. There's all kinds of good stuff to try. So even if you think you know Dirty Birds, go get reintroduced because there's new stuff to try. Guys, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. All right. And Omaha, thanks as always for eating with us. A Huda Media Production.